Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next two hours are devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know, who we are, and who we might just become. I'm Ellen Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and my partner, Ravinder, awaits you there now. You can log on by going to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat. We do have a special chat room, so Ravinder, tell us all about it, please. We do have the chat room. That is at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat. Um, the conversation is great. We get an extra dimension to your interviews. That's what it really comes down to. So, you know, we compare our ideas in the chat room, uh, come up with additional ideas, bring up questions, you know, explore everything in a great deal more depth. So, um, and I would, uh, of course, enjoy everyone out there to come join us. That is provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. It's a great place to be. All right. In our spotlight this week, we turn our attention to near-death experiences, NDEs. We have hosted many experts on NDEs. Dr. Raymond Moody has been with us more than once, and he is the man who coined the term NDE. For years, Dr. Moody has offered evidence of life after death by way of his books and interviews. He has presented some truly incredible testimonials and offered some stories of patients who during an out-of-body experience, or OBE, have accurately described the events that took place during the time of their alleged clinical death. However, during his last visit, Dr. Moody informed us that life after death was a philosophical issue, not a scientific inquiry. That is, science could not prove life after death, nor could it disprove the matter. No, so any discussion on matters of this sort were therefore philosophical. Now, Dr. John Lermer shared a story with us about a patient who died during surgery, only to come back and provide physical evidence of his out-of-the-body experience while he allegedly was dead. In this instance, the patient told Lerma of a silver coin resting high upon a piece of equipment And when Lermer stood on a chair and reached up, he found this coin covered by dust and well out of the sight line of anyone in the hospital. Doctors John Turner, Craig Hogan, T. Lee Bauman, Julie Baschel, Stuart Hammeroff, Jim Tucker, Ed Klein, and more all spoke to us about the surviving nature of consciousness, life after death. Others in healthcare and science offered additional evidence. We heard from Leo Kim, Anna Maria Hemingway, Kim Sheridan, Dave Kessler, Michael Tim, August Goforth, Diane Archangel, and others, including people like James Vaughn Prague and PMH Atwater. They all reported essentially the same sort of thing. Love and light awaits us. Indeed, you can listen to these interviews by going to eldentaylor.com and choosing Life Beyond Death, Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. We have more than a couple of dozen interviews posted there for you to review. Now, we did have some questionable information advanced, such as the notion that many NDE survivors came back with higher IQs, IQs over 200, 
And we did also host Dr. Kevin Nelson, author of The Spiritual Doorway in the Brain, a neurologist's search for the God experience. According to Nelson's peer-reviewed research, the dying brain produces events that are REM in nature. REM stands for rapid eye movement, something that occurs during dreams. However, Nelson did concede during the show that it's possible that not all NDEs are indeed REM events. Still, despite all of the above interviews and more, we were repeatedly informed of the light and love story. At first, darkness, then a tunnel leading to the light, then deceased loved ones, spirit guides, pets, and even Jesus Christ met those experiencing an NDE. They are given a chance to return, or sometimes just told that it's not their time, and they return as changed people. This is the popular notion, for I have asked them all, what about negative experiences? And repeatedly we've been told something like, very, very few, if any. A quick search of the Internet reveals an abundance of rich NDE reports about everything from a Yemeni man who awoke in his grave to a dead toddler who reanimated at his own wake to ask for some water, then re-died. This week I read about what is obviously a benchmark study in the field of NDE research. Reported from the University of Southampton in a journal article titled, quote, Near-Death Experiences, question mark, Results of the World's Largest Medical Study of the Human Mind and Consciousness at the Time of Death, close quote. From this study, we learned that 46% experienced a broad range of mental recollections in relation to death that were not Let me repeat that. That were not compatible with a commonly used term of NDEs. These included fearful and persecutory experiences. Only 9% had experiences compatible with NDEs. Now, this was no small sample size. The study considered 2,060 cardiac arrest cases from 15 hospitals. Known as the AWARE study, hospitals in the U.S., U.K., and Austria were included, thereby providing a broad cross-section of subjects. The research was led by Dr. Sam Parnia of the State University of New York at Stony Brook, also an honorary research fellow at the University of Southampton. In an exchange of emails about two years ago, I learned of some developing research from Dr. Parnia, but he was unavailable at the time for an interview. So what do we have? In my view, we either have a case for belief in the dark side as well as the love side, or we are dealing with a phenomenon of the dying brain, or both. For here's the punchline. Again, only 9% of the subjects had experiences compatible with NDEs, and only 2% exhibited full awareness compatible with OBEs, while 49% experienced incompatible experiences. I do think there is life after death, but it is, well, maybe I should say it this way. Is that because I so want to believe? Am I cherry-picking when I focus on a few stories that seem credible? 
After all, there are testimonial reports on everything from Elvis Lives to Bigfoot kidnappings. Is there yet another explanation? Your thoughts on this one, Ravinder? You know, I did. You I mean, you you and I have been talking about this this last week, but then I had the thought, you know, they often say that what you first experience when you cross over is what you expect to experience. So if you expect to see Jesus, you see Jesus. If you expect to see the Buddha, you see the Buddha or whatever. But if these NDE um, experiences are influenced by what you expect then I wonder if the negative experiences are increasing these days simply because of negative entertainment, all the stuff that is in your head or all the fearful stories that you may have seen. Is there going to be an increase today? You know, that's a possibility. But, you know, we have had NDE reports from Dr. Moody about, you know, children that cross over and meet Mickey Mouse. Okay. Um is there really a Mickey Mouse over there? No. Or no. is this, as Nelson argues, this a REM experience from a dying brain? Because you see, what you're explaining is not we're going somewhere that is. You're explaining that we're finding something in our head that is already in our head. And that's really the question. Or alternatively, it can be the glasses that you see the experience through. So you interpret it according to what is in your head. Well, maybe. But you, when you do that, you're fractioning. You, you know, what, yeah. what you have is, you know, my glasses, my rosy-colored glasses. Uh-huh. They find persecution and, and hellfires. Um and and that's a real place because of my rosy glasses. What if I took those glasses off? I'd really see Jesus, or I'd really see Buddha. Mm-hmm. See, and there in the argument fails. It's, if it is perception, then the perception is a part of the cognitive process, which is a part of the dying brain. That's the argument by Nelson. If it is real, it is independent, mm-hmm. and that is the point. Okay, all right. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week our guest was Sherry Edwards and we spoke about acoustic biology. Dan wrote, I listened to last week's Spotlight with guest Sherry Edwards and after the show I thought about her music choice. It seems to me that she has a pretty pessimistic outlook on life. We're all poor suffering folks in need of her help and wisdom. If you listen to what she has to say when it comes to why those songs were important to her. Okay. Cutler wrote, great show with Sherry Edwards. CB wrote, this is where I get a bit wary and I am interested in Eldon's analysis and questioning because Sherry says without question on her show that her software can detect false from true and other more subtle motivations by a speaker. Way deeper than plain lie detecting. She often will take news brief speeches by politicians and break them down and show the frequencies and what they mean. I believe the frequencies are there for sure. The interpretation, on the other hand, is another trick. I think I hear Eldon's hesitation in this aspect of proof that any of this is holding water to scientific scrutiny. I think you heard correctly, CB. Richard commented, this lady is a hoot. (laughs) Terry wrote, thanks, Eldon Taylor. You're always my favorite guest on Coast to Coast, and I love your radio show. Janet wrote, I truly love your InterTalk programs. Mike wrote, I thought it was worthwhile to tell you that since I began listening to eliminating 
eliminating performance anxiety. A year and a half ago, I have drastically improved my ability to relax and have fun on stage. Your CDs have worked so well for me that in a national singing contest where I had never made the top 20 in three previous years of competing, I have now made it to the top five in the last two competitions. People now ask me what it takes to be so calm and professional on stage. My abilities were always there, but it took your programs to help coax me to enjoy myself on stage and to let go of my inhibitions. Well, congratulations, Mike. Great for you. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters, but I do invite you to opine by sending your comments to Eldon at eldontaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. Now to this week's show. Return again, how to find meaning in your past lives and your interlives, and how to do your own past life regression. Now you may ask, what is an interlife? This is a thought, I mean, this is a period that's thought to be between incarnations by many. So how do we discover what was going on between lives, and for that matter, past lives? Now, I will confess, I do tend to believe that the theory of reincarnation makes good sense, especially when compared to some judgmental God that burns his failing children in hell because this God created them with a deficient will, or the first sin, so-called, would never have occurred. In other words, if God had created man with a perfect will, there would never have been a sin at all. So whose sin is it then? However, when you get into the detail of some of the Eastern and Western thinking about reincarnation, well, then I think we have some wiggle room to question both the doctrine and the credibility, especially in an age of pablum seekers. And before you begin to wonder what Western religions, please note that many early Christians believed in reincarnation. It was during the Third Ecumenical Council at Constantinople that heretical or so-called heretical material was burned. Many scholars argued that among the documents destroyed were references to reincarnation. Still, a few verses survive. But I must add, despite the literal nature of these verses, Christians still insist that using the verses as a representation of early Christian beliefs in reincarnation is wrong. So, verses like this one from John's Gospel, quoting Jesus, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Or this one in Matthew seventeen, twelve, and 13, where Jesus said, But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Close quote. I could go on, but the fact is there is a great deal of dispute over the meaning of these and other verses appearing in the Bible regarding reincarnation, and to many Christians, the idea is an abomination. Now, as for other spiritual belief systems, well, reincarnation is a common belief among very many. Now, if reincarnation is real, then it only makes sense that there are between-life periods. Most insist that it is during these between-life periods that we evaluate our past life and make our plan for the next incarnation. Enter today's guest, Dr. Georgina Cannon. Her copy reads, quote, Georgina Cannon is an award-winning board-certified clinical hypnotist and lecturer at the School of Social Work, University of Toronto. Recognized as a public face of hypnosis in Canada and a respected member of mainstream health community, Georgina is a frequent media guest and her work and views have gained her prominence 
as a frequent source for news and feature articles on hypnosis and alternative therapies, including a CBC series on past life regression. She has participated in grand rounds at Toronto hospitals where she lectured to psychiatrists, physicians, nurses, and social workers in the healing powers of hypnosis and regression work. She recently lectured at Mensa on the technique of healthy relationships. For 18 years, Dr. Cannon has been practicing and writing about the art and science of regression to heal the self, relationships, and the future. A pragmatist, if it doesn't work, I don't do it. Over the past 18 years, she has helped thousands of people through her clinic, her teachings, and her three best-selling books. Close quote. So on that, let's get her in here. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Dr. Georgina Cannon. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You, you heard the setup piece, uh, Dr. Cannon, and mm-hmm. you deal with issues of life, death, and rebirth all the time. So yes. what say you to the NDE matter where 49% have negative experiences? Negative experiences in, in uh, as far as they are not uh, healthy or, or no, no, pleasant? No, 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 no. During the NDE as opposed to the tunnel and the light and love and, yeah. you know, um, they have an NDE and they meet evil and they're tortured or they're thrown to fires or, you well, know, see, persecuted. I'm a, I'm a great believer that there, that if you have enough light and you shine light, it banishes the dark. I'm a great believer that light diminishes dark and well, so, because light seeps into dark. Dark doesn't seep into light. So if you go into it, if you are facilitated into that situation, in a way that allows you to shine your light, you should be safe. Okay. Well, of course, what I'm asking is really a near-death experience ostensibly, mm-hmm. uh, we want to believe, is evidence for life after death because people are announced or pronounced right. clinically dead. Now, that happens much less today, as I'm sure you know, working in a hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. the, what is a clinical death? That's a moving target. I mean, we, right. we have... Right technology today that you know can keep somebody in a suspended state where we would have thought them as being dead yeah. years ago but but they're really not dead they're just in a suspended state waiting for us to reactivate that state and that God. time period <laughs> extends so yeah. here's my question you see if the nde experience is real and we really have died, we've really gone somewhere, mm-hmm. then that should be somewhere that we come to think of as being real. If it is just um, activity of a, of a brain, if it's all a process of what's going on you know, between the ears, then it doesn't offer any evidence one way or the other for life after death. So it seems to to me, then, that if there is evidence for life after death, we're arguing that there's both a potential place none of us would like to be and a place we would all like to be. Well, supposing I I, uh, put this supposition forward, that supposing it's just um, a a story that the mind makes up, Mm -hmm. uh, a metaphor, if you like, that the Mm -hmm. mind gives you, because everything we experience is to do with learning and wisdom and enhancement of our current life. It's all about our current life. So if we take a journey, either real or imagined or a metaphor, 
and we get some wisdom and understanding from it beyond what we had before. Isn't that what matters, not what we call it? Boy, when you you know you hit it on the nail when it comes to something like past life regressions. You know, to, in, in my view, my that's where I sit on that one. But you know, as a follow up question, and, and again, I don't mean to, I mean to pursue this, but Tibetan Buddhism has developed a mm-hmm. unique science of death and rebirth, and a right. good deal of which is as set a, down as, as have other religions, right? Yeah, but but a good deal of theirs is set down in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Now, here they have many doors through which we might, you know, um, pass. And we could encounter, depending on the door we choose, some really frightening experiences. But we so do I that guess, in life. Do you think it's possible that our modern notions of evil, devils, possession, and the like predispose some to experience what one might say has been described in the Tibetan Book of the Dead? But we do that in life. I, I have a whole chapter on that. You know, what do you mean by heaven and hell in yeah. my book? We do yeah. that in life. We we choose how we live. We choose whether we want to live on, in heaven or in hell. Now, having said that, there are people who live in the Sudan or in the Congo who are going, or Afghanistan who live a pretty, what we call, pretty hellish life. But on the other hand, how they live that life is up to them. There will always be people that live in the light, and there will always be people who take from others and create darkness around them. So I believe that we create, we, we look, we see what we look for. Okay, so you're not going to argue that they're real in any sense of the word. So well, near-death much- experiences are not necessarily evidence for life after death, but they are evidence for how for we learning. choose to live. Is for that, learning did and I wisdom. get that right? Yeah, for learning and wisdom in this lifetime. Absolutely. From understanding. And people, most people that go through a near-death experience return with a a concentrated focus that they are more than they seem, that they are connected at all levels of humanity, and they are much bigger and their opportunities are much bigger to be a human in the true sense of the word. Okay. Now... You know, we generally like to get three objectives uh, from all of our guests. Who is the messenger? What is the message? And and how do we use it? But I understand that you thought this interview was on Eastern time. And so we kind of get backed up here because you got to run off to the hospital in a half an hour. Is That's that right. right. I have clients waiting for me. Okay, so I'm going to have to just kind of do bang, 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 if you don't mind. In in terms of getting through a lot of material that you cover in your book, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, that is implicit in the subject itself. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that I'm going to ask you then is, does it really matter if a reincarnation experience is real in the sense that it truly happened historically as so long as what we do is we gain from that information. Well, that's my stand on it, absolutely. There have been many, many uh, regressions that people have gone home and done their research and find out, uh, found out, in fact, that, that they were listed on a, a ship that was sailing and they were one of the sailors. Uh, many, many people have discovered that they can confirm their story as long as it's not too early. I mean, if we're talking about 4th century or 3rd century, then there's not much to confirm. But if you're starting at medieval times and moving forward, then absolutely they can confirm. As long as we get names and places, 
And as long as we get uh, But even ideas. if they can't confirm, the real value is matter. in the experience because the mind Indeed. is producing yes. it. All right, Indeed. listen, we have a hard break. I'm going to jump to this break. When we come back, we'll get right into that more. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Dr. Georgina Cannon about past lives, inner lives, and her book, Return Again. You can learn more about her and her work by visiting GeorginaCannon.com. Remember to join Ravinder and her team in the chat room. You can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Do stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up after a few words from some of our friends. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. What is one thing you wish you could change about yourself? What if you could make that change happen with the click of a button? With InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented and scientifically proven and effective technology, change begins to happen the moment you hit play. InnerTalk works by priming how you talk to yourself and when your inner self-talk aligns with your outer goals. Anything becomes possible. Visit www.innertalk.com to find your talent today. Thank you for joining us today. I will be presenting at the Hay House I Can Do It conference in Pasadena on October 25th. And I would love for you to join me. The I Can Do It conferences are always worth attending, and many of your favorite authors will be there as well. So plan to make a weekend out of it and reserve your tickets today by going to hayhouse.com. I Can Do It 2014 Pasadena. I look forward to meeting you in person. We were all ensconced in the incredibly mellifluous sounds of the waterless crystal music glasses. Now you can own this music for yourself. Bruce and Sandy Tweedy have created two wonderful CDs. Visit their site and get your copies today. Just go to brucetweedy.com. That's B-R-U-C-E-T-W-E-E-D-Y.com. Brucetweedy.com. If you're new to this show, you may enjoy our archives. You can find more than five years of archives at our site, ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. During that time, we have interviewed Hollywood greats, politicians, psychics, CIA personnel, hard scientists, religious leaders, skeptics, mathematicians, philosophers, social psychologists, best-selling authors, channels, mediums, and more. We have charted the waters of health and wellness, parapsychology, psychic phenomena, UFOs, NDEs, physics, psychology, criminology, neuromarketing, brainwashing, and still more. If any of that sounds like your kind of radio, check out our archives again at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Be sure to subscribe to our free newsletter while you're there. It's not your fault until you know better. Self-defeating, self-sabotaging thoughts can be eliminated. It may be difficult to accept, but the fact is, magnetic resonance imaging shows us that your subconscious mind makes almost all of your decisions, while your conscious mind makes up reasons to explain your choices. In order to rid yourself of those self-defeating thoughts and ideas, the fear and doubt that can hold you back, you must change the way you talk to yourself. Nothing does this faster or better than our patented InnerTalk technology. Scientifically proven effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies, InnerTalk has repeatedly been demonstrated effective. Change has never been easier. Now you can improve your life almost automatically by rewriting the scripts 
hidden away in your subconscious. Guaranteed to work. No reason to wait. So don't delay. Go to innertalk.com today. Hello again. Think for a moment on the tragic injuries so many of our servicemen and women suffer as they battle insurgents and terrorists in current world conflicts. We may all wish that there were no conflicts in the world, no one intent on doing us harm, but the reality is that our brave men and women risk life and limb to ensure that we can go on with our lives just as normal here at home. These brave ones have offered their all for us, and their selfless spirit inspires me to ask everyone to give themselves. I'm speaking of the Wounded Warrior Project. Ravinder and I support this great cause, and we would urge you to do the same. Your small gift can make a huge difference. You can make that tax-free donation by going to woundedwarriorproject.org. Thank you. Whether you catch our show on CTR or 12radio.com or bto.net and or bbs.com, we want you to know that we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with Dr. Georgina Cannon about her work and book, Return Again. Now, we ask our guests for up to three songs, songs that have some special significance to them. Music does elicit memories, often calling on deeply emotional feelings, and in many ways, our favorite music can say a lot about who we are. So now we just played Make Your Own Kind of Music, lyrics by Mama Cass. Why is this one special to you, Dr. Cannon? And how does it tell us about whom you are? Because when you're a starter, when you're an initiator, uh, it's quite a lonely place to be. Uh, When I started hypnosis in uh, Toronto, in Canada, 20 years ago, it was still very weird and strange, and it was just become legal. And I was really seen as an outcast, particularly if I'd come from 
the corporate world beforehand. And uh, before that, I I'd, I'd, uh, worked in the corporate world, and I was one of the few senior women worldwide. So I've always been a starter. I've always been uh, someone who created something different. And then sort of three or four years later, everybody goes, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I can see that. And, and it becomes the norm. But to be a starter, and those your listeners of yours who are out there will know what I'm talking about. It can be a lonely place. And so if you don't want to join me, I'm not going anyway. <laughs> but I love that song for that reason. I relate. I relate very much so. Uh, there are a variety of practice and beliefs uh, when it comes to reincarnation. In mm-hmm. fact, the word reincarnation is derived from the Latin, literally meaning entering the flesh again. The Greek equivalent, metempsychosis, roughly corresponds to the common English phrase, transmigration of the soul. Right. And also usually connotes, you know, reincarnation after death as either human or other life form. Okay. Now, I think the first controversial issue one meets when they begin to discuss reincarnation or suggest its validity is this notion of transmigration. Mm -hmm. For example, the Sikhs believe that man's soul evolves through all stages of existence beginning with the most primitive forms of life, until finally, you know, it receives the supreme gift of human form. So what say you? You are a reincarnation expert. People will ask you, well, you know, will I remember a life as a squirrel? Yes, is the answer. If the soul wants to take you there, and it's something that you have to learn about being a squirrel, maybe it's something that you need to learn about saving or about being industrious. Uh, one of my clients who is a naturopathic doctor a few years ago went into a past life and, and took on the form of a snake. And what he had to learn from that journey was to let go of the old, to shed his skin, and to start looking at what else is possible. So there's always a reason. The soul knows what it's doing. It always takes you where you need to go. Okay, now, of course, implicit in that, theory is the idea that you know we're going to perfect in each of these different life forms mm-hmm. at least with respect to what is perfect if you will for that life form um, before we advance not necessarily sometimes we don't learn what we need to learn in that life we have to come back again and do it again which is why people often have a pattern of victimhood for instance or victim of, of bullying or, uh, or a pattern of bullying, or a pattern of uh, sadness or anger, uh, because they haven't learned humility or they haven't learned that soul lesson in that life. So they have to come back and, and, and keep repeating until they get it right. So if I'm a, a, you know, a bad dog in my lifetime and I eat squirrels, may I come back? <laughs> as a squirrel so I can be chased and eaten, my karmic consequence, or what? No, because as a dog, you're entitled to eat squirrels. It's your food. <laughs> That's different. No, if you, if you uh, came in as um, someone who was always brutal and uh, brutalized people around you, particularly the most vulnerable, and you didn't learn... The, the role of that. That's a pretty low-level soul. You didn't learn about that. You would have to come back and learn it again, either by being the victim or going through a situation the same way until you've got the lesson. 
And we okay, see it. Now. We see it in the, in the clinic. We see people going through two or three lives and each time learning something or not and repeating it, particularly victimization. We see that quite a, a bit. People become victims of life. They're always saying, you know, I don't know why everything I touch doesn't work or I always choose people that are bad for me or, I, you know, my, I was born into a family that was brutal. And when we look back, it's because they, they have to learn how to be resilient and lift themselves out of victimhood. Okay, so let, let's pursue this just a little bit because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are those that say, you know, someone, say, Adolf Hitler, mm-hmm. um, would lose all consciousness when he crossed or would, for all intent and purposes, be reduced to uh, an atomic stage where, you know, he's just uh, not even energy anymore. He is he's electrons in space, I guess, as potential energy, but uh, all this subatomic material. Others say, well, no, uh, you know, the bad guys, you know, they're bad guys by agreement. You know, in the interlife, which we'll get to here in a minute, uh, they agree to be bad guys so that they can teach us all these lessons. Mm-hmm. What say you? Well, I'm, part of it is that we're all everything. So even Adolf Hitler loved his dog and his mistress. So we all contain everything within us, and it's the piece we choose to use in each lifetime that make us who we are. But when he came in to play that role... First of all, he was aided and abetted by others around him that allowed that to happen. So he didn't do it alone. He could have been stopped along the way, um, but he decided that that was his role in this lifetime, and uh, he just lived the way he felt he did. Now, the next time he comes back, um, my guess is that he will have to come back and um, learn what it is to be humble. So your view on this doesn't matter how many thousands he burned in the ovens or how gross, et cetera, his behavior might have been. Your take on this is, well, he just vaulted back into the next life, uh, learning to be humble. Did I get that correct? No, uh, I'm saying it's possible that that would be because I don't know the sole purpose. I don't know his personal sole purpose. But you know, for every black there's a white and for every left there's a right so there must have been a sole purpose for him to do that does that make it right does it make it appropriate no of course not Uh, does it make it pleasant absolutely not and you know i've I've worked with many people who regress back into the holocaust times but the point is he came in to do it for a reason and we don't know what the reason is i've never met him personally i've never treated him so i don't know it be pure guess guesswork and and i prefer not to do that Okay, so I just want to make sure that I've distilled this correctly. Mm-hmm. It is your position that mm-hmm. people do during an inner life make mm-hmm. agreements, take on a path that may well place them as mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. in a role where they do horrible things. Yeah, like people come in to do great things. Absolutely. Okay. Now, that basically also suggests then, I mean, because inherent to reincarnation is a whole theory of karma Mm -hmm. and dharma, Mm -hmm. that suggests that when we have someone come in like a Bill Gates or a Barack Mm -hmm. Obama Mm -hmm. or a Putin in Russia, Mm -hmm. that they are advanced souls who have the skill set 
the experience, the prerogative even, to come in as these power players? True or false? They don't have a prerogative. They come in with a set. We all come in with a, with a hand of cards. You know, karma, we come in with, with our karma, which is like a hand of cards. How we play those cards is up to us. So we can all come in with the same set of tools and the same baggage, but what we do with it, because this is the planet of free will, what we do with it is really up to us. So if you've got three, and I've worked in, in a hospital, by the way, at one time I volunteered with, with the kids in wheelchairs. You get three teenagers in wheelchairs, paraplegics. One will go on to be a CEO of a company. One will become an athlete, and the other one will be on the social welfare system. What you do with it is up to you. It's really uh, the planet right. free will. Um, I, 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 I understand what you're saying there, but it doesn't negate the fact that um, somebody comes in by plan to be a bad person. That's how it's justified by many that they behave in that way. So even though they have the same you know, background, they come from the same family. I've seen brothers, yes, uh, one in uh, prison, in maximum security, indeed. the other a, a doctor in a teaching hospital, come yes. out of the same home, make different choices. But they are coming in. Part of their plan, according to some, is to be, quote, the bad guy, close quote. In other words, to do the deeds that give rise to the opportunity for those around them to forgive, to learn. And to forgive. Okay, and to forgive. Yeah, that may so, be their sole purpose, yes. It could okay. be their sole purpose. See, and I have trouble with that. I just have very... Okay, yeah, I, I, let's, I, let's I, move I, on. I have trouble with it, too, I must say. But it doesn't mean that, you know, just because we think it doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> No, either way, sometimes we just make up convenient stories and then we get stuck in the logic because to break that logic cycle is to show, you know, the hole in the story. But let's Mm -hmm. let's continue. Some past life researchers claim they have found subjects who remember lives from other planets and in other forms, such as water planets and living, you know, as a fish. Do you accept this is valid? Yes, because it's happened. I had a, a guy come in literally four or five months ago. It was an interlife, actually, and he immediately said he was in liquid. And I said, are you a dolphin? And he said, no, 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 no. I have a humanoid form, but I seem to be in liquid, and there's a group of us. We are like a collective. And I said, fine, what, do, what is your role? What do you do? He said, we, we plan and we make new ways of using energy. I said, Fine. Tell me about your day. Would you get married? Do you have children? What happens? No, no, no. When we've done our job, we then go back into the liquid. When we need it again, we emerge from the liquid. There's no way you can make that stuff up. That's what he told me. Uh, now, I, I beg to differ with you. There's no way you can make that up. You know, that can very well be just nothing more than fantasy fulfillment. One of those defense strategies that we are all aware of, uh, so, but okay, yeah. you know, let's leave that one too. As okay. a forensic hypnotist, and that's what I specialized in uh-huh. for years and years. Okay. I was always very careful to ensure that a suggestion was never made directly Absolutely. or indirectly to a subject. So now what right. I mean by that is, here's an example. We might know because of video about two men who rob, say, a 7-Eleven. 
but I would never ask the witness to describe the men they saw. No, the because that would suggest to them that, in fact, it was men, right. and thereby discredit the evidence or testimony in a court of law or any subsequent identification made by the witness. Exactly. So what safeguards do you use to ensure that you are not suggesting something to your own clients? I'm very careful in the wording I use. I might say something like, uh, tell me if you're alone rather than is anybody with you. Or I might say, um, what do you perceive around you? Um, so, for instance, I wouldn't say, are you in the wood or is it daytime or nighttime? I'd say, what do you perceive around you? My language is very careful. And I, I use a lot of, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. <laughs> so that <laughs> I, I speak very little and they speak more. Because I, re, I re record everything. Then they get, get the recording when they go home. Still, do you, do you really think it's possible to use hypnosis without at least indirectly suggesting a past life? Because, in fact, that's what they come to you for. Well, I would have thought that at the beginning. But some people just don't go into a past life. The soul won't let them go. We always ask permission. I ask if it's appropriate at this time that this person take a journey to another time and another place. And sometimes they get a yes and they just can't go. And sometimes they get a no. And if they get a no, quite often it's because there's something that needs to be sorted out in this life first. Okay. Let me ask one more question then before we get into your book. And again, I'm, I apologize. We're going bang, bang, bang because I That's thought okay. we had 90 minutes, not, you know, <laughs> okay. 35 or 40. That's okay. Uh, in Jainism, the soul and matter are considered eternal. Mm -hmm. and, and that is not created. Or per, you know, they're just perpetual. For the Greeks, the Romans, the Western world, basically, the soul was created. Mm -hmm. What does your work suggest? Is the soul eternal, having always existed? Or was it created, an act that would take a creator, an unmoved mover, to use the words of Aristotle? Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, created to, because we need names for things. We, as human beings, always want reasons and names. So I think it was created to explain a situation that is very natural, which is the rebirth or reincarnation of life over and over and over again. So you think each and every one of us are the result of a creation, not yes. something, not the result of just eternally always existing? I think we're the result of a creation at the very basic level. You know, most of us were started by a twinkle in our father's eye. So that's a form of creation, too. <laughs> so I think we just are the same as any animal or seed, a flower seed. <clears throat> I think we're magic. We're, we're a miracle. We are an, an essence of God in that way, that we are beyond our understanding, beyond our ken. So now, in most mystical circles, and I and I notice that you have an MSCD, uh, so I, I know about some of your training. In fact, I know about a great deal of your training. Uh, it, in in mystical circles, we you know, we tend to think about we are sparks of the divine. Yes. That is, we're created from a one. Yes. So the creation. Uh, was, we'll call it creator, uh, mm -hmm. 
separating itself, himself. I don't want to anthropomorphize this in any way, shape, or form, but somehow reflecting upon itself, dividing itself, and creating all of us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in that sense, we're both eternal because we've always existed, and we're a creator. Uh, we're, we're a creation by a creator who has co-creative power. Now, here's my question. There are some mystical paths that say something along this line. Um, as we perfect, we become more godly. Right. So, in a sense, as man is, I think this is how this article goes by a religion, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. Do you subscribe to that? I certainly subscribe that the higher up we go, the closer to the source of light we go, the more godlike we become. Hence Buddha, um, one would say Gandhi, Nelson Mandela. You know, I, I, there are certain people who, who are, become higher energy. Mother stronger, Teresa. closer to God in a way. And it has nothing to do with religion, per se, from my right. point of view. It has to do with how you live your life, how you share your 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 God-given talent, um, what you do for the benefit of humankind. I think that's the key, Dr. Cannon. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think there's a higher order than service to our fellow human being? No, I think kindness is everything. I think if, if I had my druthers, Kindness would be religion. <laughs> I'll take that one. Psychiatrist Diane Stevenson from the University of Virginia investigated many reports of young children who claimed to remember oh, yes. a past life. I'm yes. sure you're familiar with that. Oh, indeed, he conducted yes. more than 2,500 case studies over 40 years. Yeah. Uh, he never wrote used several books. Hmm? He matched very often birthmarks and birth defects yes. to wounds and scars of the deceased. Yeah. And verified that in medical records. And his work is just, it is the extant best piece of evidence, in my opinion, uh, for reincarnation. Mm-hmm. My question, have you had any of these cases? And if so, any of the sort of cases, of course. And if so, can you share a couple with us? I've had a couple of extraordinary cases. I've had, you know, over 20 years, you're going to get a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. Um one in particular, a woman came to see me. In fact, I've got this story in Michael Newton's book. Um, that She came to see me because she didn't know who she was. Her, when she was about 18 years old, she found herself on a bench in a park and had no idea who she was. She had bruises and scrapes and had nothing with her, no, nothing in the way of identity. And she got frightened and she started to cry. And this woman stopped and asked if she could help. They cut a long story short. They took her home. They contacted the police. Nothing. No report of anything. She stayed with this woman for a while and got a job at a dance school, an Arthur Murray dance school, where she met her then-to-be husband, who knew her secrets. And this man was an engineer and very pragmatic. So he started to hunt to see if he could find anything. This was before Internet, of course. Couldn't find anything. They got Interpol. They had lawyers. They used everything they could. She came to see me because she was um, going to have surgery on her heart, and she wanted to find out if there's a way that we could connect with her in a past life or in the womb so that she could find out who she really was. 
and I regressed her back the first time, and she wouldn't go back to beyond age 12. She panicked, and she came out. She said, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to do this. Fine. So she came back a week later and said, let's do it anyway. I went back uh, through the womb and beyond the womb into the interlife and then asked if it was appropriate we go into the womb, and the answer was yes. The minute she got into the womb, she knew the name of her father and the fact that she was one of six children. She brought herself out of hypnosis and went straight into the waiting area and said to her husband, I've got a name, I've got a name. So then they rushed off and they started working on, this is now three years ago, they started tracing it and looking on the Internet. The next thing I have from her is an email about a week or ten days later saying, this is an email I received, Georgina, and I think you need to see it. And it was a letter saying, I think you're the sister I've been looking for. The two of them got together, they had DNA testing, and they were. Wow. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. And wait, she now travels because she never had papers before. That's incredible. Yeah. All right, listen, I we, we're just, you know, the, the time goes too fast. I, I wanted 90 minutes with you. Maybe we'll have to do this again. Oh, with pleasure. Before we go, in, in 30 seconds or so, please share with our audience where they can learn more about you and where they can get your book, Return Again, sure. How to Do Your Own Past Life Regression. With pleasure. You can get the book from Amazon, either on Kindle or, or paperback. And you can learn more about me and what I do, my my teachings. I teach internationally at uh, com. All right. We certainly appreciate you being with us today, Dr. Cannon. Uh, and like I say, you know, hopefully you'll be able to come back when um, when you know when that it's it. Western time. When I get the get timing right. All. all right. Thanks again. Yeah, thank uh, the you book. so much. How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Inner Lives. Return again. The website, GeorginaCannon.com. Be sure you check it out. All right. We have a video of our guest and uh, her book for you in the chat room. If you're not there, get on over there. We'll be right back after these words from some of our friends. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. What is one thing you wish you could change about yourself? What if you could make that change happen with the click of a button? With InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented and scientifically proven and effective technology, change begins to happen the moment you hit play. InnerTalk works by priming how you talk to yourself and when your inner self-talk aligns with your outer goals. Anything becomes possible. Visit www.innertalk.com to find your towel today. Thank you for joining us today. I will be presenting at the Hay House I Can Do It conference in Pasadena on October 25th, and I would love for you to join me. The I Can Do It conferences are always worth attending, and many of your favorite authors will be there as well. So plan to make a weekend out of it and reserve your tickets today by going to hayhouse.com, I Can Do It 2014 Pasadena. I look forward to meeting you in person. We were all ensconced in the incredibly mellifluous sounds of the waterless crystal music glasses. Now you can own this music for yourself. Bruce and Sandy Tweedy have created two wonderful CDs. Visit their site and get your copies today. Just go to brucetweedy.com. That's B-R-U-C-E-T-W-E-E-D-Y.com. Brucetweedy.com.
If you're new to this show, you may enjoy our archives. You can find more than five years of archives at our site, ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. During that time, we have interviewed Hollywood greats, politicians, psychics, CIA personnel, hard scientists, religious leaders, skeptics, mathematicians, philosophers, social psychologists, best-selling authors, channels, mediums, and more. We have charted the waters of health and wellness, parapsychology, psychic phenomena, UFOs, NDEs, physics, psychology, criminology, neuromarketing, brainwashing, and still more. If any of that sounds like your kind of radio, check out our archives again at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Be sure to subscribe to our free newsletter while you're there. It's not your fault until you know better. Self-defeating, self-sabotaging thoughts can be eliminated. It may be difficult to accept, but the fact is, magnetic resonance imaging shows us that your subconscious mind makes almost all of your decisions, while your conscious mind makes up reasons to explain your choices. In order to rid yourself of those self-defeating thoughts and ideas, the fear and doubt that can hold you back, you must change the way you talk to yourself. Nothing does this faster or better than our patented InnerTalk technology. Scientifically proven effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies, InnerTalk has repeatedly been demonstrated effective. Change has never been easier. Now you can improve your life almost automatically by rewriting the scripts hidden away in your subconscious. Guaranteed to work. No reason to wait. So don't delay. Go to InnerTalk.com today. Hello again. Think for a moment on the tragic injuries so many of our servicemen and women suffer as they battle insurgents and terrorists in current world conflicts. We may all wish that there were no conflicts in the world, no one intent on doing us harm, but the reality is that our brave men and women risk life and limb to ensure that we can go on with our lives just as normal here at home. These brave ones have offered their all for us, and their selfless spirit inspires me to ask everyone to give themselves. I'm speaking of the Wounded Warrior Project. Ravinder and I support this great cause, and we would urge you to do the same. Your small gift can make a huge difference. You can make that tax-free donation by going to WoundedWarriorProject.org. Thank you. Whether you catch our show on CTR or 12radio.com or bto.net and or pbs.com, we want you to know that we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Send this song to you for dreams that can come true and for each day to bring a greater song to sing. My birthday wish for you comes deep from oceans blue, love sent from heaven's light to celebrate your life with you. Your life with you. Your family and close friends all soon arrive. Thanking you for the love 
spoke, she'd be no surprise to a wonderful person with love in their eyes. And when the lights dim low and the candles glow, loved ones gather round to sing your song. Welcome back. In this hour, we're going to have as our guest today, and actually she's going to play both guest and host, Ravinder. Um, we had planned that she would be taking just the last half hour of the show, and that we would have had Georgina for a longer period. But because of the time confusion, well, we're going to see just how well Ravinder can do at uh, stretching that 30 minutes into an hour. Are you up to that? I am up to it because I'm going to be talking about my favorite subject in okay. the world. We, I just played your, you know, the song to introduce your segment here, and it is a birthday song. So tell us, what's that all about? Well, it's not my birthday, and it's not your birthday, but actually it is the birthday of your child, a child that I adopted... And that is Progressive Awareness Research. It is 30 years old today. That is one heck of an achievement, honey. And I am mega proud of you. I am really happy to, you know, be a part of it. You know, it's 30 years for Progressive Awareness, but we're actually heading up really close to 25 years of me being involved in Progressive Awareness. So I think I've got the right to adopt it as my baby too oh you certainly do and you know whatever pride you might say you have you pat yourself on the back because you've been very instrumental in that and progressive awareness research so everybody knows that's the parent founding organization behind um some of the research we've done and we've talked about that in the past like uh, oncology studies and adhd studies and and so forth but it's really, you know, that's the parent to inner talk. And, 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 and in that sense, that's what we're really celebrating, isn't it? Because to me, see, 30 years ago, Roy and I wanted to do something. Roy K. Bay, my partner, uh, and I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but we wanted to do something that gave back, that, that would, help people help themselves and that's what really spawned this roy was the end of a career ready to retire and and i was kind of you know um i don't know how to say this i don't want to say burned out because that's not the right phrase i just wanted to do something other than catch bad guys you know other than deal with what i was dealing with in a criminalistic practice i wanted to do something where I had a smile on my face every day and optimism in my heart and, you know. And so it was an opportunity for both of us to accomplish something we really wanted to accomplish. You pick it up. You know, 
And that's precisely what you have done. I think when you and I first met and you were talking about the company, um, you know, you, you didn't begin the company with the idea that this was what you were going to do with the rest of your life. At that time, you used to buy and sell businesses. And when you and I first met, you had said that you and Roy had a five-year plan, but you thought you were going to extend it five more years because... You know, let's kind of work it. Well, you know, it was to be something we'd create, and we would get started and really going. And, you know, and because of Roy's age at the time, it would be something that, you know, it wasn't going to be a change in careers per se for me. It was going to be something I did also and, if you will, you know. And you just got more and more invested. But one of the things that really appealed to me, you know, when you were first talking to me about it 25 years ago, you talked about progressive awareness research. You know, that is the parent company of InnerTalk. But the name of the company itself really defines what it's all about and what the journey is about for you, you and I personally. It's about becoming progressively aware. It's not about saying, I have all the answers, this is going to fix everything all in one go. It is about how high is up, you know, what can I do n- next to improve myself? What, I can, what can I do? How can I get my spirituality to grow more? How can I maximize this life experience? It's not about fixing one problem, it's about you know, exploring every facet of life itself and growing more and more and not putting boundaries on. You know, and I don't want to interrupt you, but um, back then, and and this was before we had uh, fMRI, uh, functional Mm -hmm. magnetic resonance imaging, um, and so you're not able to actually watch lifetime and see that indeed what we believed back then was absolutely true. But back then, in fact, let me, let me quote this. Uh, I posted this on my Facebook page just a few days ago. You may believe that you are responsible for what you do, but not for what you think. The truth is that you are responsible for what you think because it is the only way that you can exercise choice. What you do comes from what you think. And, you know, we were at that, everything I'd observed in, in criminalistics and the study of the human mind, etc., people were propelled by their uh, perception. That's just not a strong enough word. But, you know, there's two kinds of BSs in the world. There's just plain <laughs> BS. And then there's belief system as a form of BS. And a lot of people have BS as their belief system. It's not anchored on anything that would really, you know, test out in the real world, but it sounds good, it works good, and or it it supplicates, it 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 ameliorates uh tension and fear and you know there are stories that we tell ourselves and all this is in our head and so we begin we respond we act out of the information in our head we make decisions based on our processes that are all mental until we own what's in our head between our ears our thinking until we own our own belief system you know, for all intent and purposes, we can't possibly 
one, become authentic, or two, maximize the gift that we are as human beings with all the skills, tools, and and whatnot that are available to us. Does that make any sense? It does. It most certainly does. You know, and our work is about um, the two parts of, of the brain, or n- not the brain, or ha- how you think. You know, there is the there is so much work that has been done, say, on the mind-body connection and the power of belief, the power of positive thinking. You know, there is all of that that. The majority, I mean, we've all heard of that kind of research. It it is definitely real. It's definitely solid. But most people don't stop and think about what it is in their minds already or what their, their underlying beliefs are. And that has been a great deal of your work is to highlight all of that. You cannot actualize, um, the power of belief, if buried underneath, is the belief that it is all BS as well. That's right. You know, so you have to get beyond that. You know, one of the reasons we do the radio show, as you know, is it's a part of our own learning curve, a part of our own learning mm-hmm. experience, our own investigations, but it gives us the opportunity sometimes to flesh out things. Uh, I can remember being impressed with a simple philosophical statement years ago and. I don't remember, one of the first philo classes I took. Uh, and, and that statement went like this. Uh, it, not the statement, but the meaning of the statement. To say that that desk behind you is rectangular is to presuppose it's not round. Okay, well, that, that doesn't seem like it's a really, you know, you know, epiphany moment, is it? But the fact of the matter is there are so many things that we get a hold of that we have a label to, that we begin to think we understand because we can describe it, and we've never considered the implications to what, you know, what we just did. Take, for example, in our first hour. If the implication is that we are eternal, then, you know, for all intent and purposes, does that mean that as we perfect, we become... Uh, gods I mean are there going to be lots of gods then Um, you know exactly what is implicit in that that's the kind of you know logic I like to see us follow out I like to see us think it through so that it, it really makes sense to us it's really solid and it's not just some sound bite that we say oh wow yeah hey that feels good and we grab it and we go with it because when we do that we're able to do something I do every morning in the shower I know you do too and that's you know what if everything I believe is wrong yeah you know uh, would it change what I'm doing with my life you know uh, and and to me, the important thing is that that I feel every day that what I'm doing with my life is is true to who I am, is true to what my potential is, as I can make it be. And, and I don't know how we do that short of getting between our ears and getting into our own thinking and understanding what it is we think and why we think that. Because as the Buddha said, you know, what you think is who you are, that's who you become. You know, thinking is destiny. Our mind certainly is the source of our power, and it's up to us to take care of it, nurture it, feed it, um, and only then can we really grow. And that's 
again, comes back to what progressive awareness is about. I think the reason you and I have remained in this business so long is because we are working personally on growing every day, learning a bit more, you know, avoiding those convenient answers. I mean, I've developed an allergic reaction to those convenient answers. If I hear the same trite things coming out again, it's like, I just don't want that. I am in the search for truth and in the search for finding who I really am and maximizing that. And with all of that work comes a great deal of joy. You know, I would say, you know, I've been working with Inner Talk now for 25 years and look at how my life has changed. That is just, you know, when I came in, um, you know, I had my degree in microbiology. I worked in the path lab, got tired of all the little special pots that you get to test in the microbiology lab, you know, the pots of pee and pots of poo and (laughs) yucky stuff like that. I just got tired of it. And then I worked for the government just a bit, but I was just doing what, what I was told to do, you know, so that was how I started. So I, I began in the business and I did whatever you asked me to do and being chief cook and bottle washer is perfectly okay how with me. About, how about you just, you know, tell your story uh, from beginning to now. You know, I met you in London, England. I sent you a couple of CDs. You did. You had. We'd had that conversation on the train back from Chester, and you told me you were going to send me a CD. Now, what triggered that? I do remember that really well. See, I thought I didn't think I was being negative per se at all. You know, I thought I was being realistic. So you were telling me I was beautiful, and it's like, okay, I hear him. But I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I'm okay. I don't have a problem with who I am. I'm perfectly okay not being beautiful, not being fabulous, not being, I'm, I'm just okay. It's okay to be normal. You see, <laughs> that was, that was what I was trying to communicate, um, to you at that time. And you, you said to me something about having an esteem issue and I totally disregarded that, but you told me you would send a program to me. And a week or so after that, you know, you had flown back to the United States and in comes this package with the high self-esteem program. And I laughed at it when I saw it. It's like, I don't, I didn't think I had an esteem issue, period, end of quotation. I thought I was sensible. You know, it's okay to be sensible. (laughs) And I put on the program that evening as I was cooking dinner and stuff. And at that point, before we had said goodbye, um, you would ask me what time I went to bed each night, what time I went to sleep, and I said 11 o'clock. So as soon as you got back to the United States at 11 o'clock my time, which is 3 o'clock in the afternoon yours, you would call ostensibly just to say goodnight, but those conversations got longer and longer. But this particular evening, I I was playing... I, I was playing the program as I was cooking dinner during the evening stuff, um, and I found myself getting more and more irritable, cranky, just on edge. And it was like, it's that music. That music is dreadful. It's nasty. It's horrible. It's not even music. And by the time the 11 o'clock phone call came, I could really go on about how bad this music was. 
it was just horrendous. I mean, yeah. After I came to the United States, I heard that same piece of music、um, on a different program. And you know what? The music is beautiful. The music is by Jim Oliver. You know, he's an award-winning musician. I love everything Jim Oliver does. He has to be one of the favorite musicians that you know, the music that you use on the programs. It is beautiful music. And I learned in time that my reaction to that was just my subconscious resistance to the affirmations. On the high self-esteem program, I obviously did have an esteem issue.、Um, it took me a little bit of time to work through that.、Um, I can play the program now, you know, not have any issues whatsoever. But I do think, you know, sometimes the subconscious mind、um, it takes a bit of time to adjust to the new ideas. So if you've had this subconscious belief for You know, I mean, I was 26 when I met you. So if you'd had the subconscious belief for 26 years that I'm okay, I'm I'm not good, I'm not bad, I'm just okay. Incoming an affirmation that says I am good. It's like, well, I'm not really, because you know. And you would argue everything back, and then you it begins to clash, and it and it doesn't quite feel right.、Um, so yeah, I mean. With resistance, I've had resistance two or three times. I think over the last twenty-five years to your programs.、Um, at that particular time, I simply played the program through, you know, and that's what lots of our customers、uh, like to do. But I've also found that if I simply take time off from using the program, if I, you know, so I play it for a week, it's driving me crazy. I turn it off for a week or two. Then, when I turn it back on, that resistance is gone. The subconscious sometimes just needs a bit of time adjusting to the new ideas. <laughs> But you know, so I began with the esteem program. I did also purchase the freedom from stress the first time I met you, and I played that、um, one evening. We had friends over, and you know what? We all became so relaxed. We were dozing off. <laughs> Talk about releasing all stress.、Um, but since I met you, there's been lots of programs. There have been programs I have used myself for particular reasons. You know, talking on, doing the radio show becomes a really big one. You started the radio show. Was it six years ago now? That,、uh, yeah. And when we started, you asked me if I would join you on the show. No way, Jose. Not happening. I am not. I was absolutely petrified. I couldn't have strung two words together at that time. So has my confidence increased? Most definitely. Has my belief in myself and what we do grown in that time? And most certainly, when it comes to、um, assisting you with your work, you know, I began just doing whatever needed to be done—the invoicing, the packaging, you know, just the routine stuff. I did like talking to people on the phone, and I still really enjoy talking to people on the phone. That can be the highlight of my day—is talking to someone and helping them figure out. The best program for them,、um, but you know. So I was doing all all of that stuff, but it was what was it seven eight years ago that I really got deeply involved in what you did. So not only would I 
edit your books from the perspective of crossing T's and dotting I's, but I would throw my opinions in or reorganize. And I just have a whole lot more more confidence in myself. It's okay for me to say, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And, you know, things things are just working better and better. So, yeah, I've done radio interviews. I mean, our listeners don't. I mean, I can remember I had this Spanish-speaking woman working for me. And she indicated to you that she could do some editing. And so you handed copy to her to edit and then somehow it got to me, and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It was embarrassing. It wasn't high school level. And you'd let it go because you didn't have enough confidence in yourself to challenge her. Today, you know, uh, you challenge my editors, and, I, you know, I have got powerful editors. You're my best editor today, uh, and you're a full partner. So when you say... <clears throat> my programs they're our programs bottom line is <clears throat> i've been silent too long i guess i haven't got a voice bottom line is you uh you deserve everything that you are it is your tool set that you have um opened up you in 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 that process in developing that confidence you've grown immensely um see some people think of it linear Linearly, I suppose I should say, confidence. Well, now she's confident. But what they're not seeing is how many more things you are involved in as a result. How much fuller your life is. The the nature of all the people that you deal with today now that you just never would have before. Uh, VIPs, marketing spend. I mean, the bottom line is, by adding that confidence to your life, your life changed. You talk about doors opening. Well, all kinds of them open, and so your experience is entirely different than it would have been had you remained in that place where, well, I'm good enough. I'm kind of, you know, I'm not beautiful. I'm okay. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Okay is okay. Okay. <laughs> okay is okay. Um but yeah, you do just uh, carry on growing and the confidence actually goes in lots of different ways. It's not only just related to business, you know, when it comes to my personal life, my inner life, my spiritual growth, um, everything has grown. You know, I have learned you have, you do a really good job of helping keep me on track when it comes to these, uh, the spirituality aspects of it. I think it's really easy for people to grab hold of those convenient answers and run with that. But you have kept me challenged in thinking things through. And, you know, that's what all of your teaching is. So I see myself actually as a product of all of your teachings. And I am immensely grateful. And progressive awareness, well, we are just going to carry on becoming more and more progressively aware. And I hope everyone out there will join us. It's a journey. It's fun. It is it's incredible what happens when you allow yourself to grow a little bit more every day and it doesn't stop because you reach 40 or 50 or whatever. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. If you are a diamond today, which you definitely are, you were a diamond when I met you. <laughs> so well, you're not a product. But we all do, as you say. You know, we wake up a little bit at a time. 
We have a break coming up. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you're enjoying the show. Be sure to check out uh, intertalk.com. There's a big special going on. I'm sure Ravindra is going to tell you all about our birthday special later. Um, and she'll continue with her story. So we'll be right back after paying some bills. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. The praise for Eldon Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions, continues to mount. John Edwards said this about choices. Read this book. We are living at a time when people are searching for answers to fundamental questions in their lives. This book can be, if applied, a roadmap to personal enlightenment and empowerment. More important, it helps you see that you can manifest change. Joan Borisenko had this to say. Choices and Illusions is a smart, practical book by a grand master of the mind. If you want to get out of the box of your own thinking and touch a greater reality, Eldon Taylor can show you how. Lindsay Wagner had this to say. Enjoy the journey. I did. Get your copy today online or at fine bookstores everywhere. There's a hidden secret in the Northwest. Well, it's not really a secret, but it's not very well known either. Eldon and Vendor discovered the neatest bookstore in Sandpoint, Idaho. The store is called Zero Point Crystal. And when you enter the premises, you face a six-foot-tall quartz crystal that gives off an unbelievable radiance. Books, music, gemstones, lapidary specialties, singing bowls from Tibet, essential oils, and so much more fill this special sanctuary. If you're in the area, be sure to check them out. If not, visit their website at www.zeropointcrystals.com. You won't be sorry you did. The great courses cover a broad array of university-level disciplines. The lectures in each course are either 30 or 45 minutes long. By listening for less than an hour a day, you can finish even the longest course in just weeks. Browse our catalog or website at thegreatcourses.com and imagine how much you can learn if you spent just 30 minutes a day for the next year in the best college classrooms in the world. The lecturers are university professors carefully selected by the great courses and its customers for intellectual distinction and teaching excellence. If you haven't yet read Mind Programming, you're in for a real awakening. Like the red pill, ignore the book at your own peril. Here's what author Angelina Hart had to say about the book. Mind Programming is a brilliant expose on how we've become unconsciously enslaved to that which we haven't understood. Eldon Taylor exposes and explodes the old world view of fear and lack that has generated direct and indirect manipulation of our minds without our awareness or permission. With well-earned insight, he offers proven pathways of self-empowerment that entrain our consciousness towards the model of unity and abundance that negates the survival paradigm. In a period when fear has reached a frenzied pitch, Taylor shines a brilliant spotlight to dispel the darkness. Get your copy today at fine bookstores everywhere or online from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. Ravinder and I love supporting causes we believe in. We both feel the pain when we see an animal abused. Call it empathy or what you will, the pain is very real. 
We both also celebrate with joy the wonderful stories of animal rehabilitation. Indeed, it can be goosebump time. We urge you to get involved and lend aid to your local animal shelter or in the alternative, make your donations to the Humane Society of the United States. You can read about their work and make that donation by going to www.humanesociety.org. You can make a difference, but only if you act. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jen Reich, and you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. Eldon offered me the opportunity to share this poem with you. It's called Mind Over Chatter. If I say I'm going to run a mile, I most likely will go too. For usually getting started is the hardest thing to do. And this can go for anything that calls for motivation. It first begins within the mind until we find our inspiration. Hi, I'm Eldon Taylor and you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment Radio. I'm so glad you could join me as we tackle those tough questions in search of the answers that really matter. But remember, this is a journey we are undertaking together, so I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Please send your comments to Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at eldontaylor.com. You can also join in the conversation by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor, that's D-R-E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Now, back to the show. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Bright blessed day, the dog say goodnight, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces. Of people going by, I see friends shaking hands, saying how they do. They're really saying I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They learn much more than I ever knew. Myself. What a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful
Welcome back. In this hour, Ravinder will continue her story. She uh, has been sharing her experience with Intertalk and our celebration of our 30th anniversary. I just played What a Wonderful World, you know, and, and performed by Satchmo himself, the one and only Louis Armstrong. It, it, it's my view that you can go into the world and you can be pessimistic or you can be optimistic. And, you know, the bottom line is when I equate all possibilities under both of those two, make that Ben Franklin tally sheet that everybody talks about, it's clear that I want to be an optimist regardless of what is going on in my life, regardless of, of what I might perceive the stressors to be, I'm going to retain that optimism. And Louis Armstrong, in my view, his rendition of A Wonderful World just connects me. It just reminds me how, you know, all of this, I want to still hold in awe. I want to hold in beauty. And indeed, you know, that kind of goes to our mission statement. You know, it goes to the point, Ravinder, that is behind what we do. Um, we don't want to tell anybody what to believe. We want them to think. We don't want to tell anybody how they should live. And we, we certainly don't want to what help people become addicted to help. We, you know... We're all about trying to provide material, uh, tools, scientifically tested and proven tools. Not, you know, just, well, I think this will work or my intuition that. Not that there's anything wrong with intuition because it often is the creative force. But my intuition has caused me to do things that I then, as you know, have had to have tested. I've had to have independent people study it. It wasn't good enough for me to run my own, even though it was a double-blind study. I had to have others do that. So, you know, today we have over 50 studies that have been conducted on our, you know, technology, on our programs. So it's about giving people a tool that will enable them to accomplish whatever their goal is. People sometimes say to me, how come you have 300 titles? Isn't that a drastic statement about human beings? Of course not. How many millions of people are there on this, you know, in this country, billions on this planet? The bottom line is we all have different things that we strive for. And what we try to do is align um, material with those targets so that people could have a methodology, have a technology that they could use like a ladder to go from the ground level to that higher level that they're seeking to achieve. And, and that's how I see us. All right. I've told you why that song. You're up again. It most certainly is. You know, um, when you talk about um, all the different programs that we have and all the different people out there, you know, I often get asked, what is your most popular program? Or what are your most popular programs? And, you know, I, I will tell the people... It's, you know, that isn't quite the correct question. Yeah, our most popular programs are optimal weight loss, stop smoking, high self-esteem. But, you know, the most important program is the one that addresses you, 
the issue that's important to you, and those issues can vary drastically. So neat and tidy is not our best-selling title, but for the people who buy that program, who have that issue, who solve that problem, <laughs> it is gold. It is absolutely perfect. But let's get back to our 30th birthday, okay? okay? This is a celebration. There is a party uh, with any birthday celebration. There are gifts as well. Um, we got you a gift earlier this year. Um, and, you know, for those of you who have not subscribed to the Inner Talk In Touch News, I would uh, recommend that you do because I shared Eldon's story in that, you know, with pictures and everything. But when Eldon started this business, um, he had a choice. He could either buy the car of his dreams, which was the um, 1984 Cadillac Eldorado Barrettes. Convertible. Could, convertible. He could either buy the car of his dreams or he could invest in this business. Well, jaw-dropping beautiful. Of course, he invested in progressive awareness. But this year, as part of our own celebrations... Eldon found a 1984 Eldorado Barrett, a white convertible with a red pillow-tufted interior. Absolutely beautiful. Whenever he drives it, you mean people look at him all over. It is just in immaculate condition. But 30 years ago, he put that particular dream on hold and... Uh, We've made that dream an actuality this year. And as I said, if you haven't subscribed to our e-news, do so, because uh, in the one that I just sent out, I included pictures of Eldon standing with his car and with a custom license plate we got him as well that says Eldon. So, you know, some dreams are worth waiting for. Um, there's Deferred lots of gratification, other. huh? And it's good. But with this kind of birthday surprise, birthday celebration we wanted to give gifts to everybody as well so what we have done is um, we have our deepest discounts ever something we have never ever done before is when you buy any three inner talk programs you can choose three more free of charge if you remember i was talking earlier about how high is up you know we all have that big burning issue so the person who's overweight says okay i've got to drop 50 pounds well you get optimal weight loss but when you stop and think about it you say you know i would also like to go back to school i would like to be able to concentrate better you know i'm getting older my mind has this habit of wandering these days didn't used to but you know when you start thinking about it you start thinking of all the other issues as well so we or you look at related like junk food and metabolism and yeah there's all of that or you think of your family and friends and you uh you know you can pick up you say you know my life changed using the high self-esteem program well maybe i want to start buying that for all my friends and family as well or maybe there's different specific programs so we just wanted to open it up to you so right now you can get the buy three get three free now to take advantage of this promo you do have to go to our sister website that is www.mindmint.com and then in the comments box at the end of the order you write 30 years okay so just write that at the end and we will um make sure you get this particular special because if you also order 
before, I mean, the, the entire special is good until the end of the month. So you do have plenty of time to come search through and browse through all the titles. And we have lots of titles and they have sample affirmations up at the side as well. So you can decide what works for you. But if you order before the end of this week, we will also include a copy of Eldon's inspiring, hilariously funny fiction book could just be the adventures of Duncan D. Dingle. You you know, it's a bit irreverent in some places, but it's most enlightening as well. So we'll include a copy of that free of charge and we'll also include a copy of The Little Black Book. Now, if I remember correctly, honey, you said that that book you were just inspired to write. You came in one Sunday afternoon and just put no, it down. No, not exactly. No, uh... Remember, that was uh, what happened is we used to have these get-togethers that were designed to be intensive uh, investigations of a given idea. And uh, Professor William Gillory uh, from the University of Utah, and, uh, well, there was a whole group of, you know, people. We got together one evening, but Bill chose the subject, and the subject was consciousness. And he chose the first, you know, person because he was hosting. And, and so I became the first person to explain what consciousness was in everybody else now in the Pythagorean way of the Pythagorean school interrogated me. So I had to defend my definition of consciousness. And, and of course, the process is when you do that kind of inquiry, what you find is that you're peeling back layers um, in, in fleshing things out more fully than you ever would in, in left alone. Well, I, you know, at the end of that evening, it was quite late. I went home. I had a dream. And the dream is exactly what the book is. I mean, I got up oh. and I put it in words without no coffee, no anything. You know, that was just, that had to go down. So that's what the little black book is. Cool. So, yeah, if you place an order before the end of this week, you will get the little black book and just be. Between the two of them, you will get huge insights into the workings of Eldon Taylor's mind and his uh, what he has learned. So they are just absolutely fabulous books. And at the same time, as I said, you can get six Inner Talk programs for the price of three. Um We've extended it out a little bit, you know, um, if you order before the following Sunday is what it is, um, then you would just get the little black book. And if you order before the end of the month, you know, that last week, then you'll just get the buy three, get three. So there is still, you know, the, the specials are going on, but there are just additional incentives for you to go out and look at what it is that we have and start thinking about your dreams and what is it you know, the big question I always ask customers on the phone what is it today that you could change that would make you feel better now you know lots of times people have, can have these big dreams you know I want to be rich I want to be successful I want to be happy well what does success mean what does happy mean you know what do you need today to make you feel better so you know go take a look and then once you've looked at that one then you can start looking at the ancillary subjects as well um, I can guarantee personally that you start down this path you won't look back it's all about becoming 
the best that you can be. The other thing that I really like about, you know, everything that we do, Han, is that, you know, we don't make, oh, pie-in-the-sky promises. You know, inner talk works simply by priming how you talk to yourself. It's not doing anything else, but it is changing that, that inner belief so that it gets reflected in your own self-talk. It spills out in that. It's, you know, it's, it's what you think. It's how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day basis. But when you change that self-talk, when you change that inner talk, it will change your life experience. You know, things simply uh, do get better. It's not about turning everyone into Michael Jordan because they play the basketball program. That's my favorite Example, you know, it's, it's not about doing that. It's about becoming the best that you can be. So if you're playing basketball, become the best basketball player you can be. You know, if you're looking at success, become the best. Get out of your own way. You'll be amazed at how much we do get in our own way. You know, we sabotage ourselves with beliefs that we don't deserve it. We're not good enough. Um, everybody else has to put up with this, so I should have to put up with it as well. That kind of mentality. I just see it time and time again. And that isn't the case. Become your own person. You know, you are a part of God. You know, you are a, a very special soul. You are unique. You are special. Let that specialness flourish. Be all that you can be. That is what it is all about. So right now, as part of our birthday celebrations, as I said, go to the mindmint.com, www.mindmint, as in the candy store for the mind, mindmint.com, and just put 30 years in the comments box at the end. We will take care of everything else. Um, You have to put that code in or you won't get the special offer, but... You know, enjoy yourself. Take a look. Open open your world up to the dreams that you can have. That is what I say. That's what we're about. That's what we're about, and that's why I love it. And then to get on to what, what feeds me in the business, you know, there are times we have worked really hard. There are times we work darn hard, you know, um, early on. It was really hard making ends meet. I remember the time when between all of our bank accounts combined, the business (laughs) account, our personal account, the whole lot, we had $50 in everything combined. That was a time you got really creative when we would cook at home and you'd do the crock pot stews. (laughs) You know, trust me, I, I don't like SpaghettiOs. In that crock pot stew. I learned not to be very hungry today, honey. I'm just not very hungry. So, you should, yeah. You're telling on me now. That's not fair. You do some great stews. But it was just, there was one thing that I didn't like was the crock pot stew. But it was worth it. We've been nurturing our baby. And I love the baby. And I love to see what our child has done. It's a 30-year-old child. But, you know, when you're a parent, they're always your kids. That's the way it is. But the best part to me is when I talk to customers and I hear their stories. As I said before, it's not, um, it's not the big changes that matter to the individual. It is whatever is important to that individual at that time that makes a big difference. So I'm going to share some of the testimonials that we got in and, you know, I'll highlight what makes them significant. Okay. Um, 
I've got one here. It says, I lost 14 pounds listening to the Ecotech and Ozo, the verbal coaching programs, weight loss recordings. I feel like a new person. My husband and I are going to the Bahamas for our anniversary, and I bought all new clothes for the trip. Just imagine how that that person feels, you know. I mean, most of us reach a certain point where, yeah, dropping a few pounds would be good, and it gets really hard. But this woman is going out for her anniversary, you know, going out for an anniversary vacation. And she's going to re-spark that romance. So it's one thing, you know, 14 pounds, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. It's how you feel inside. And she is going to feel great because she's buying this new wardrobe and she's with her husband and you know it's the smile on on the that i get on my face when i hear these kinds of stories because it it isn't just one it isn't you know again it's not about the thing you know it's not about i mean i've said this to you before why do you own a chicken because it lays eggs nobody wants the chicken they want the eggs. Yeah. Okay? So you, you have a chicken, so it lays eggs for you. What happens is you, you get a program, or as this woman, you lose the 14 pounds. Why? Well, not because, you know, the 14 pounds is the chicken. The egg is the benefit. It's everything you get to experience. It's that whole new dynamic. It's that joy. It's that excitement that we should all be living with every day. Amen, amen. Okay, here's the testimonial that, you know, just brings goosebumps to me. You know, as I said, there are small things that are important, but sometimes there are huge things that, you know, that really matter. Here's one. It says, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer and given only nine months to live. He used your health recordings day and night and is now cancer-free. His doctor says it's a miracle. That's not the only testimonial of those we've had. Now, I no, would... And, and the, that's the kind that brings tears to my eyes. And, you know, that's when you feel like, okay, you know. It's worth that spaghetti stew crock-pot meal. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> it is, it is. And, you know, those those are the big ones. You know, the person who loses weight and exercises you know they just feel better um here's one that is actually different it says i think i've listened to about every recording you've got i started my own business with just 100 dollars, and now i'm making an absolute fortune in my eyes and have five employees using the recordings helps in everything you do it allows you to be a peak performer I credit my success to using these recordings. You know, I credit a great deal of my success to using your recordings too. You know, I'm using them. You know, I play the quantum younging whenever I'm not working on anything. Um, And I I receive more compliments now that I'm in my 50s than I ever did before. Um, I've used the creative writing program and creative my creativity has exploded these last couple of years. I have one fiction book I'm working on that I'm halfway through. That, Great read, too. Um, and I have got three nonfiction books that are just burning inside of me. I've just got to find a, a bit of a bit of extra time in order to get working on those. But every night when I go to sleep, they're being written in my head. It is just going on and on and on. And 
I wouldn't have thought myself a writer at all, but I'm having fun. I've even hijacked your e news the last, the last few weeks now, I months like what you're now. Doing with the e news, you know, one of the things, you, you know, I, I've always thought we kind of complement one another. I, I tend to be, you know more left brain than maybe I should be. You are left brain. You're a trained scientist. But you also tend to be much more creative, much more right brain than than I, you know, can be. And between the two of us, you know, I, I think it's it's worked really well. But I see how you write the newsletter and it's creative and it's fun and it's you know, you tell a story, I write a newsletter and I'm gonna tell you about a new study. It uh I'm still going to write those newsletters, but I think it's a great balance. You do. I think you need both sides of it. You know, me, I'm just into helping people as quickly as I can. And so, yeah, that's why I share my stories, because I think that can be the best way. But, yeah, I have got loads and loads of stories that I could share with you, but you're giving me that finger sign that says maybe I need to... You have about 30 seconds. Start winding up. So You know, I think the most important thing about this entire birthday, I just want to get this in there. You can comment on it quickly. But it's to thank our customers. Yes. It's to thank everybody out there because we don't get this feedback if they don't give it to us. And that warm fuzzy is very important to both of us. 15 seconds. It's yours. It most certainly is. So go to www.mindmint.com. And if you forget what the message is, what the special is, go to eldentaylor.com and click on the special. You'll see our 30th birthday celebration there. And I'm sorry we've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank all of you for being with us today. And remember, if you have comments on the show, do please let us know. Okay, again, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.